Oxford, England, May 18th, 9.46 p.m. Dr. Morgan Sierra sat at her desk, finishing notes on her cases for the day. Glancing at the time, she stood up and stretched, rolling her neck to loosen the taut muscles. It had been another long day, she thought, but there was no one to go home to and time for just a few more pages. Crossing the office to the small kitchen, she refilled her coffee cup, the bitter black her only real addiction. The fledgling practice was slowly gaining clients as her expertise in dealing with religious and psychological issues became known, but the university still frowned on her specialty. She battled their criticism daily while balancing her lecturing and tutorial appointments. Morgan's clinical psychology practice dealt particularly with people whose problems related to religion in some way, those trapped in cults or who claimed supernatural experiences. She also increasingly consulted with the government think tanks on the impact of fundamentalist religion in the country. It had been hard work, but Morgan had built up her practice to supplement the meager number of students she taught at the university in anomalistic psychology. The field studied ostensibly paranormal activity and behavior under scientific conditions, analyzing why certain phenomena existed and how they could be explained. Morgan sometimes wondered what she was trying to prove to herself, let alone others. She sipped the hot coffee as she gazed at her many bookshelves, her mind wandering. Even while she loved being there, Morgan knew that the issue with the University of Oxford was its age and the instant kudos the name evoked. It trapped scholars and all who worshipped at their feet into ancient thought patterns with no room for change or progress. She thought of the doors in the Bodleian Library, the venerable institution just around the corner from her office. The names of the schools were written above them, inscribed in an ancient hand, gold-leafed and stamped into thick oak, banded with copper. Divinity and Scientia were two separate doors, and the problem was that her door sat between them, and neither entirely accepted her field of research. Psychology sat within the faculty of science, and was concerned with measurement, the scientific method, statistical instruments, experiments, control, even animal labs. The faculty of theology sat within divinity, among the monks of Blackfriars, the nuns of the convent of the Assumption at Headington, and the Quakers of St. Giles. The theology curriculum still boasted St. John's Gospel in Greek, Israel before the exile, and patristics, while students still debated the Trinity with arguments used by Oregon and Augustine, unchanged since the fourth century. Dons wore black soutanes on Sundays, held the Eucharist, and celebrated Mass while on weekdays they held forth on dogma and ritual. They were the faithful. Morgan felt she was an anomaly between the two faculties because she specialized in the phenomena between psychology and religion, the unexplained between science and faith, that which fell through the gap. Thinking of the faculty took her back to her father and growing up with him in Israel. She looked down at the picture of him on her desk, his smiling eyes forever captured in the silver frame. She traced his image with a fingertip. He would have been proud to see what she had become and where she sat now, although he had been taken from her too soon to see it. On the days she felt inadequate, an impostor in this eminent place, she remembered that he had always believed in her, and she carried on in his memory. It had been his library and the study of Kabbalism that had first inspired her. It had sparked her own search for divinity and truth. He had found peace in it, but she had yet to find her own. 
She had joined the Israeli Defense Force, as all young people were required to do, but she stayed on after the mandatory period as they had funded her training as a psychologist. Morgan had been employed to investigate how fundamentalism affected behavior on both sides of the ideological fence. She smiled to herself as she remembered how her studies had ignited such heated debates with her father. After several years of active service, she had believed that the key to any form of peace was an understanding between the faiths, a common ground rather than a divisive duality. Evil and violence could be found on all sides, and virtue wasn't owned by anyone's god. That wasn't such a popular stand, though, and it was easier to think about such issues in the sterility of Britain, away from the religious melting pot of Israel. She sighed leaning forward to complete her notes as the clock ticked towards ten.